Yeah, ho, 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 it's me again, just in time for the holiday season. You like the hat? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, Mary, it's not politically correct to say Christmas anymore. By the way, what'd you get? You make your list? What do you want? Or what are you expecting? Did you, did, did, did you take the kids to the to the make-believe little to the little North Pole in the, in the little local mall, huh? Did you, did you sit them on Santa's lap? Did you put them on Santa's lap? Did you get a Polaroid of it? A $40 Polaroid of it? That's money well spent. There'll be a coaster in no time. What about the Xmas cards? Xmas cards, huh? Did you send those out yet? I don't think you did, because I haven't. In the, in the family portrait? The family portrait that you send out to everyone that everybody flips by just to find the cash? Oh, are the tree? Is the tree up? Are the lights up? Is your blood pressure up? Hey, did you set up one of the 940 six available nativity scenes yet because my personal favorite is the one with the new action figure baby Jesus. Hey, you just flip the lever in the back and it reaches up to the Magi, the one with the gold. It grabs the gold. It grabs the gold. Very popular in the OC. Oh, don't say the OC at me. Don't say the OC at me. No, 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 no. Wait, I'm not even finished. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Did you get that special gift for that special someone? Will they like you more now? Will you like them more if they get you what you want, huh? Huh? Does it come with, a, with, with batteries? Does it, come, does it come in pieces? Does it come with some assembly required? Did you get the turkey, the ham, the dressing, the yam, green eggs, and yam, my yam, my yam? Did you get that? Huh? Did you switch to a Mac? Did you keep the receipt? Wait a second. Wait a second. Am I asking the right questions at all? What, what am I even doing? Am I the only human in the whole planet now that understands what Christmas is really about? It's not about presents. It's not about gifts. It's not about money. It's not about trees. No. Come on, people. Christmas is about... Christmas season. Well, well, who, it doesn't really matter because Santa Claus is coming down the chimney any second now, and I've even set out all the all the cookies for him. So we'll have to get to the real meaning of Christmas when I can get a rebate for it. For now, have a very merry, ah, happy holidays. That guy has definitely drank too much coffee. And he reminds us in this Christmas rant what we've been talking about a little bit this month about missing Christmas. People who miss the first Christmas and people who continue to miss Christmas today. And missing Christmas is all about missing Christ. The, the reason we're celebrating, it's the birth of, of our Savior, God's Son. The Bible says from the very first Christmas, people haven't gotten it. They've missed it. They, they didn't recognize Jesus for who he was and they didn't receive him as God's great gift to mankind. So as we were going through this series, we were seeing that there's all different kinds of people that missed the first Christmas. There are the busy people of Bethlehem going to register for the census and pay their taxes and, and all the things that had to do with that pretty historic event. And it feels a little bit like this month for a lot of us, just crazy busy and the busyness of celebrating and getting ready to celebrate Christmas, we actually miss Christmas. And then there was proud Herod, this man who was so puffed up with himself and pride that he wouldn't bow down and worship this newborn king. He would have no rivals. He missed Christmas so bad he tried to kill Jesus. There were the religious leaders. This is a surprising group. These are the guys that had God's word. They knew God's word. And these are the ones that knew the answer when Herod pulled them in and said, hey guys, tell me a little bit about this promised Messiah who's coming for your people because these magi tell me that he's been born. And tell me again, where is that he's to be born? Oh, they knew the answer. It's Bethlehem. It's Bethlehem. But they completely miss Christmas. That's a scary thought. I mean, we're seated in their seats right here. We're, we're religious to some degree. Here we are at a service in a church celebrating Christmas Eve. They missed it, and it's possible for us to miss it right here in the midst of being in the church. How'd they miss it? Well, they were pursuing God 
with their good works that they were working so hard to take hold of all these duties and regulations and things that they've piled on top of God's clear commands and scriptures. And, and all of a sudden, they were pursuing just from the externals of their own heart and not their own heart. God says that your, your hearts are like tombs that are whitewashed. You're empty inside. You're dead. I think the, the deal was that with the religious leaders, somehow as they pursued God with these good works and through these good works, and it happens today, that we delude ourselves into thinking, maybe, just maybe, God sees me as a gift to him, someone special. And we start to think about that. You know what happens? We no longer see our need, see our need for the gift from God, the gracious gift of his son. And then there's the innkeeper. The innkeeper who just, he didn't have a clue. He didn't know what was going on that night. Most of the people didn't. He had no idea that pregnant Mary was about to give birth to the very Son of God. And so not having a clue, what does he do? He leaves Jesus out in the cold. And that's a lot of people today. They just don't know who he is. Don't know why they ought to bring him in and center their lives on this one, the Son of God. And so he's out on the periphery, way out on the edges of their life. People who miss the first Christmas. But there's a group of guys who didn't miss it. They actually show up on the night that Jesus was born. And it's a surprising group. They're the shepherds. Now, there's something about the Christmas story that the more we're around it, the, the more we just, we, we just miss the stuff that should kind of shock us. I don't know what you think about when you think about the shepherds but you ought not to think about the shepherds in the typical christmas pageant put on by the kids in a church you know where they're all dressed up in their bathrobes and they got that little turban on and the band around and they're holding the shepherd's crook there and and they're just cleaned up and sweet and cuddly and you just you just want to take them home well guess what nobody was looking at the shepherds in bethlehem and saying cleaned up, sweet and cuddly, and let's take these guys home. These guys lived out in the fields. They were filthy, dirty. That meant they couldn't keep the religious ceremonial laws, and so the religious leaders looked down on them. In fact, everybody looked down on these guys. They were known to be thieves. They had a hard time distinguishing between mine and thine, and any sheep that they saw on the hillside near theirs, they assumed it was one of theirs. And it was so bad, these guys were so far down in society that the word of the day and the rule of the day was this. Don't ever use a shepherd's testimony in the court of law because it won't hold up. These are men of disrepute. We can't count on their character to give us verifiable evidence through testimony. It just won't happen. So how amazing that God would announce the greatest event in all of human history and send an angel to tell shepherds outside of Bethlehem the greatest news that the world had ever heard. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Well, as we're thinking about that question, let's look at the account from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths 
and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So here it is, shepherds who hear the great news. And we have to ask, so why the shepherds? Have you ever wondered if this is all made up? I mean, the Bible? Is it really the word of God? That's what we believe here at Door Creek. Every word of it, the word of God. Maybe you think it's made up. Let me tell you this. If you and I sat down and make up this story, what we wouldn't write in to that night would be the shepherds. We wouldn't have them be the ones who would give witness to this greatest event in human history because their witness couldn't even hold up in the common courts of their day. We wouldn't do it. So why did God do it? Why the shepherds? Well, let's turn it around and maybe it'll help us. What would have happened if the angel came to King Herod and those in his court and said, hey, I got great news for you, Herod. What would have happened if it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day, who received the angelic visitation? What would have happened if it was the rich in Jerusalem in Bethlehem, the, the, the upper crust of society? What would have happened? Well, here's what would have happened. If we're not part of the king's court, if we're not part of the religious establishment and leadership, if we're not rich and well-educated, then we'd say, you know what? This doesn't have anything to do with me. This is for those people. But because the angels came to shepherds, the lowest in society, here's what we know, that this is good news of great joy for all of us, for all people. And that's exactly the first thing that the angel said to these knee-knocking shepherds that were quaking in their boots going, oh my goodness, what has just happened? And the angel says, fear not. I've got good news for you. It's news of great joy and it's for all people. Today in the city of David, right down there in Bethlehem below you, a savior has been born to you. It's It's a savior for you, your savior. And he is Christ the Lord. Now, a lot of times when you start reading the Bible and you keep running across Jesus Christ, and we hear that every day, some of us in the circles we run in, it, you might think that Jesus Christ is his first and last name. Jesus means God is salvation. Christ is not his last name. Christ is a title. The word means anointed one. It was a title where we get the word Messiah that refers back to the Old Testament promises that God gave to his people of a coming Savior. In all of the Old Testament, pointing ahead to this one who's going to come. And now the angel says to these shepherds in Bethlehem, he's come. His name is Jesus, God is salvation, and he's come. The Christ, right here in your town, your Savior. And then he helped them out, the angel did, and said, well, let me give you a sign so you know who you're looking for. You're going to find a baby who's all wrapped up in these cloths. 
Well, that wasn't anything unique. In fact, you could have found a lot of babies in Bethlehem that night wrapped up in cloths. That's how a good mother took care of her little baby. But what was unique was the next thing the angel said. And you'll find this baby who's wrapped up in cloths lying in a manger. And those of us who've heard it over and over again, we think that's, that's sweet, lying in the manger. And you know what? It's not. You know how you felt when you've heard on the 10 o'clock news or read it in the paper or seen it on the internet that a, an abandoned baby has been found and the baby was placed in a dumpster. You know how you feel when you hear that? You go, oh my word, what was she thinking of? That's not where a baby should be. A manger is a feeding trough for animals. Why in the world would God allow his son to be born in a stable and then placed in a filthy feeding trough for animals. Could it be so that you and I would understand that this is a king like no other king? This is someone unique and special. It wasn't a second before the angel got the word out about the good news of great joy for all people, a savior being born in Bethlehem, your savior, that all of a sudden the heaven skies light up The one angel is joined by thousands and they break out in song. Of course they did. These angels have been waiting for centuries upon centuries. Ever since it all started to go bad when Adam and Eve had a great idea, when they followed Satan's temptation and said, hey, hey, eat the fruit. The day you'll eat it, you'll be like God. Don't you want to be like God? And when they doubted his goodness and disobeyed his clear command and rejected his rule over their life, the whole of creation went haywire. And the angels saw what happened between God and man as Adam and Eve left the garden, no longer able to live in his presence. They saw what happened with Adam and Eve, these two that lived in this perfect relationship that now was completely different. They saw what had happened to the perfect world all of it affected by the curse. But God from the very beginning promised that there's going to be one who's going to come and he's going to reverse it all around and restore creation as it ought to be. And so here's the night where the promised Savior comes and they're leaning in on their tiptoes, looking over the manger. They can't believe it. And when they hear the announcement, they break out in song, glory to God in the highest. That is the fitting response to this good news of great joy. And then they announce to them and to us the implications of Christ coming to this earth. Because it's not only that which is going to bring glory to God, but it's going to bring peace on earth to all those whom God's favor rests upon. The Bible is telling us that when God's favor is on us, we'll have peace with him. And until that day, whether we know it or not, we won't have peace with him. And until we have peace with him, we'll never have peace in our life. And here's what I know about life. Whether you're 18 here tonight or 82, life is hard in this fallen world. 
And in different places in our life, we are looking for just that. For peace. For a sense of well-being and wholeness. That things are right. And so the angel comes bringing this message. The angels come and sing this great song of praise. And what do the shepherds do? Well, they go and check it out. It says, they hurried down to Bethlehem. And I can only imagine they're chasing through town, looking in some stable. I think the manger was the clue there. They're looking in some stable. And one of them yells out, I got it. I got it. And they went and they found Mary and Joseph. And there he was, the baby lying in a manger. And they heard that good news and they believed it because it was just as the angel said, a baby lying in a manger. And we know they believed it because the text says they went out and they started telling everybody about it. And the people, when they heard the story of the shepherds, they were amazed. And for 2,000 years, people have been telling the story and people have been amazed as they've understood that Jesus Christ is the greatest gift ever given. He was born to die that you and I might live. He came from heaven to earth that you and I might one day live with God in heaven. They got it. And they went back to the hills, the text says in verse 20, praising God and glorifying him for all that they'd seen and heard. And if we know this to be true in our heart of hearts, then we have that Christmas joy today. And there's got to be somebody here today that that's just not where you're at. You're not sure this stuff is true. You're, you're not sure about any of it. Why? Well, I'd say follow the path of the, of the shepherds. These ones who didn't miss the first Christmas, when they heard the news, they checked it out. Well, if you live in this area and want to be in a part of a place that gives you the freedom to do just that, that's what we love to do in this place, is give people the freedom in their own spiritual journey to just, at their own pace, ask their questions and investigate the claims of Christ. And as you do, we trust that you will find what we have found in Christ, the satisfaction of our deepest longings. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the gift of your Son, We're so glad that um, this is good news for everybody here. And we so want, and I so want, Lord, everybody here to understand this. And whatever it is that could cause them to miss it, whether it's busyness or pride or pursuing you through good works or just being clueless, Lord, that you'd break through in their heart of hearts with your love as they understand this good news, which is good news for them. And as your favor rests on each one here tonight, so too may your peace and your joy. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.